0: This is the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast.
1: Does it classify you as an adult to own an umbrella? What's the other one? You use Grubhub or something?
2: Grubhub? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but no, you're not getting it for your And
2: so Now he's the yawn guy? <laughs> this is the BMB Network, and you are listening to the 53rd Podcast of the Bull Mountain Brothers What's up, boys?
3: He's definitely thinking about those intros because he hasn't got the number wrong a single
2: time in the last no, four episodes. It's funny because
1: I can never remember what the number.
3: is.
2: I can't wait to just continue a podcast for the next five years where you guys just talk shit about my intro <laughs> every fucking episode. This is episode,
0: episode one
2: thousand four hundred ninety-two. <laughs> oh wow! Really? Did the intro? Do you season guys? Twelve? Do you guys like the season thing though? I like it. I, I like. Do too. I like running. It kind of his...
3: it makes it easier.
2: Well, do you remember? Do you do you remember now?
3: This is like. Going
1: back to, like, oh, gee. Days. December times. Like, do you remember that conversation we had? I think it was, like, episode three. I'm probably be wrong because I never remember episode numbers. But where we were talking about, do you like TV shows that have consecutive... Them. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Cons- like, where a TV show, like, episode two gives you details for episode 15. You know, like, where it's not like every episode is just totally different. And it's kind of cool. I like, because I like TV shows like that. So I like what we're doing. You know, it's like, well, all right. I think
2: it's funny is like we're posting the podcast. Like this will be episode f- five for the year. Yeah. Well, Guys, man. I have to look this up. I can't be wrong. Give me five seconds. So I have two posted. Like, let the lookup guy do it. Come on. Have four yeah. Jamie. Uh, this might be seven. I'm not sure because I know what it is. All right. Bear with me. Bear with me.
1: Jeez, that's where you pick up,
2: Matt. You're supposed to start talking about. Uh, this would be episode six. Yeah. Uh, well, so this we're the way we're posting it. This would be season two, episode six. But I'm remembering because I don't want to. don't want to get to a point where we're doing seasons and then I just blow past episode 100. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I get. That. Well, because we kind of like. Episode 50 was very... Yeah, it was, it was...
1: It was... Yeah, like it didn't I know, we did a result. 25
2: giveaway, and then 50 came and went, and we're just like, oh, maybe we nah. should have
3: done something ah. cool.
0: <laughs> but it was like... It was, we was just so in like the 100. moment. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean...
3: 100 would be cool. We're going to give Matt away for the yeah. 100th episode. Yeah. 100 <laughs> episode,
0: you
2: can get a Matt Schaff. There you go. <laughs> His wife would not approve. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's funny, though, because...
0: Maybe we'll have a badass giveaway for 100.
2: Guys, I think we just had a ghost in the studio, and I want to talk to the audience about the fact that. Can you switch to me right now? Did it move? No. I think Riley just wanted to. I you swear to switch. God, I just saw all of that move. Let's be honest. He just wanted you to switch to him. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did we just. I think we spent the first weekend of our entire existence where none of us did anything outdoors. Yeah,
3: I mean, we but we needed it. We needed it. I mean, I kind of dropped the ball on what I was supposed to do, but
2: well, not even that. I mean, I don't, I'm working, we're not gonna talk about it this week because we're just gonna do it. Yeah, the YouTube thing is literally being the bane of our existence right now. Yeah,
3: it's quite the monster,
2: and it's all basically based off the fact that we live in, BAP. as Ramsey said, basically BAP. based. I like that, but I ordered a 50 foot internet cable to solve our problems so
1: i thought i thought we i thought you told me you had one of those yeah it's yeah
2: i right do It's here, literally Sean. plugged into the studio right uh, now yeah well <laughs> it's ran up
3: along yeah
2: but it's fine we'll uh just be prepared for the fact that we might be throwing out like four youtube videos in sequence wow well, but i think we're gonna they're probably gonna be a day we're gonna pirate. highlight this episode because we'll talk about in a second this episode is awesome priority 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 all i mean i really there's time i mean every episode every podcast episode's important but the ones where it's just the three of us or four of us i lower it on a scale of importance compared to having Absolutely. a guest on
3: so i'm gonna say it and i'm knock on wood with every fiber in my being this week's episode will be posted saturday at noon hold ramsey
1: to that standard okay. everyone.
3: I, 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 We have to stop talking about it I feel like it's jinxing us The more we talk dude,
2: about I'm shit kn- like this I'm knocking on wood dude. Okay we're not going to we're done talking about though But I do want to talk about The weekend thing And why we didn't do anything This weekend outdoors We kind of just took a Consensus that we need to Take a break from that Because March is going to be crazy yeah, March. Ramsey and I are going Steelhead fishing We're going to California with Matt We're going to go deep sea fishing Lots of crazy things are happening In March and I this was the first weekend of this year I wasn't fishing. The first one. Really? Yeah. I, I looked back and I was like, holy shit, I've been a lucky I've been a lucky SOB. Yeah. My house has been quite neglected for two months. Oh, yeah. So we had to stay home and do some some homework and mom's probably getting real tired of having
3: five dogs at her house. Yes,
0: I that is that is true.
2: <laughs> what were you
1: gonna
0: say there, Shawnee Boy? I said uh homework. Do you know what's really awesome is Sean ordered a new mic yesterday. I Sean did, did order a new mic. We, let's highlight uh, we need to Sean, to highlight please.
3: that big time. Can I we mean, switch to Sean, please? W- we're gonna switch this all because we're all talking.
2: Look right? at look at this thing. This thing is forever going to die in a hole. It is so if,
1: not it's not gonna forever die because it's gonna be a guest mic.
2: Yeah, true. We need guest mic. We're actually Okay. <sighs>
3: I don't even know. I hate that thing so much. It might not even be. No, the
1: only reason for the listeners out there, the reason that they don't like this, these three have the same mics because they really like each other. Um, anyway.
3: Because they're good quality mics. My
1: mic requires that mixer over there to give it power versus their three. Okay. So I just wanted to be a follower in this sense. And what was that? Over there,
2: I was trying to get a trash chant and and out here, yeah, but no one would chant yeah, with me. Good,
1: right. good trash. But anyway, yes. No. So now I did order a mic, so we can all be super cool. I mean, do I sound better? Wait, you sound awful right now. You, you sounded awesome on mine. Do I sound better in this one? Yeah, one hundred. Oh, yeah. You guys are so full of shit. You're so full of shit. Comment down, <laughs> down below. <Mike> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Wow. Okay. Well, call me it's, out there.
0: It's though.
3: very weird to think that this is the beginning of a podcast after just doing a podcast
2: yeah we uh we just got done with an interview our first zoom interview um lots of trial and error went into that lots of well i lost we talked because of that we, we did we, talk last we week. we talked about, about
1: it. it yeah with uh techno- or that technology that was
3: pretty much the basis of our technological episode yeah close it,
2: it was uh it was rough even the, the we uh we got him in tonight too and had no video. It was we opposite. It. We had it was no awful. video. Was,
3: we were all having flashbacks of last week. Yeah, yeah. choppers overhead. Yeah,
2: no. It was kind of like I it.
1: All of us kind of through the whole He's thing. He's really
3: stretching for the <laughs> Vietnam flashback. <laughs> and
1: over he here. didn't understand the movie reference I put into this too. Like it's just
2: crazy. Tropics under. No. no. Oh, we're talking about
0: the river runs through it. Please,
1: yeah. please, just everybody so, who's listening, note that that Riley uh, send a DVD. Yeah, <laughs> please. Is
0: this is 1950.
1: He did not know my reference to a movie. Well, we don't have nothing. Is that weird? At camp. Is
2: okay. Let me ask you: Is that weird that we're like doing? Yeah, this can intro? you can you get the DVD and we'll watch it at camp? Yeah, thank you. Wait, Fine, we have the DVD. I no. do remember my uncle Roger was in that movie. Yeah. Okay, I do remember they're like walking. There's like a car going down the street, and he's walking up the sidewalk. And there's Correct. square buildings. Do you know who the actor was? Uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my! Gosh. I'm not sure which actor. Hey, that's you guys want to make
0: too. fun about Grubhub on me? So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Matt five. Damon, the star of River Runs. Can, through I, can, can you give me
1: five chances he here to uncle, guess? Yeah, five chances. Go. Brad
0: he was Pitt. also in uh, Legends of the Fall. Brad Pitt. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That was, I mean, come on. I How the, how'd the, how'd did you get Brad Pitt and Matt Damon screwed up? They're the same person. Aren't they in uh, the. God.
2: No. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Name
0: one movie that
2: they're in together. Go. Thor. Both Thors.
3: I think there's more than two.
1: I'm talking a full movie, not like a fucking. Like but a, that's the joke is that no, they look alike. Give me a movie that both of them are in Troy. right now.
2: No. Troy. no. I'm just saying movies. <laughs> I know Brad Seriously, you
1: can't think of one?
2: Uh, the Hollywood one?
1: Nope, that's not them. That's one. Can I get can I get
2: some hints here? Okay, it's... uh what is the deep big, loading your
1: mic? What is the big body of water that surrounds every landmass in the world? There's multiple
2: multiple there's actually quite a few. Of them. I just want you to know that I had the most hilarious clapback joke and I just can't say it cuz it's too vulgar.
1: Okay, well I'm giving you a hint here. Pacific oh, Rim. You really got no, it. no it what is the it. body of water called that borders the, the West Coast,
4: water. <laughs> <laughs> What
1: is the what is how how else can I say this? I don't know. What what is the the Pacific River? No, no, yeah. the Atlantic Slight Ocean. Louder. Okay, what's the second word you just said? Ocean.
0: Okay, now name me movie that,
2: Okay, there you go. Perfect. I've wow. never seen it. I just know. Are of you it. kidding me? Oh, hey, listen,
0: we we are having fucking movie <laughs> Are you serious?
2: <laughs> listen. I only know that because I would do a lot of trivia. I love trivia.
1: Clearly, you're terrible at movie trivia. <laughs> you are not yeah.
3: one. Give to me talk for sports. About being though. Bad sports at give trivia. me
1: sports. Me outside of in, in movie trivia. We should trivia, talk about I, ducks. Ducks, yeah. <laughs> then Sean's out. <laughs> you give me movie trivia and I, I
2: will not lose. Promise. Okay. Name the movie. Name Zach Galfinakis's first movie that he appeared in.
1: Zach Galifianakis' first movie, yeah. first famous movie, would be yes. *The Hangover*. Nope, no. false. Oh, uh, due date. Nope.
0: False. That was after, buddy.
2: After, do you what? know what it is? Zach Galifianakis out cold, motherfucker. You never seen out he cold. Did not get and famous gonna... from out cold. Oh, okay. I didn't say he got famous from.
1: I said his first, first, the good first movie.
0: famous
2: movie would be. With, he, had a, he had a main
0: due date. role. in he had a hangover.
1: Hit had, yeah. yeah.
2: had a main role
0: in it. It was Hangover, then Dude Date, I think.
1: No, Dude Date was before because that was like Downey. That was Downey's like cocaine.
2: Welcome to the Bull Mountain oh, Brothers so,
0: Outdoor yeah. Podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway,
2: <sighs> yes. So yes, on the on the podcast tonight, I did not know the movie that was 100. percent This is
1: what I was going to ask you. Do you guys think it's weird that we're like doing this intro before we introduce this guest, but we like. Are and talking it, about what we talked about because no, I think it's po- cool. How many Isn't podcasts it? do you think do that? That I haven't seen one that does that.
2: Uh, Pardon my take does it. Um, the number one sports podcast in the world. Bull um, well, Mountain Brothers is
3: not affiliated with Pardon My Take <laughs> podcast
2: and Barstool Sports. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just a new way to. Uh, the only way I could think of doing it without making him listen to this BS for thirty minutes. I guess we could have him call in, but like later on. No, no, I, really. I like
3: the way this is going. Yeah.
2: I like it too. It's cool to thing about like we can look back on it right now and be like, I think it went very well. Yeah, I, think I it like was, this.
1: I like this. Version.
2: And we can get people like interested in like it's about fly fishing. We're gonna tell you that right now. If you want to hear a bunch of awesome information, stay tuned for the last hour and ten minutes of this podcast because we talked to um I'm not gonna I'm gonna I already introduced him when we do the interview, so I'm not gonna introduce him right now. So I'm not gonna I wanna keep it a we're gonna build mystery. climax. A mystery. Matt looked like he had something very important to yeah, say. Story,
1: it's you know what I really like. Uh, I don't like the smile. I don't like the smile. No, something no, no, terrible no, no, is coming. I out. like this way because guess what? Riley gets gets his 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 multiple strokes out with the guest on the
2: on on the screen. So yeah, I'm fun. warmed up now. I'm ready to podcast for the next two hours. Yeah, no, you're not. No. How many times did I do my intro tonight, boys? Once. How many times did I intro the guest?
3: Once. There's currently a winter storm outside, so yeah, we need to
2: leave. It's awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's cool. I that was I, a fun I, podcast. Good, that was super a super really good inv- interview. I think I think that anytime we get to bring anyone into our atmosphere, it's fun. You know, whether they're in here on the couch or they're and and he shares a lot of our same values too. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we really could co- connect on a lot. We've had a lot of people getting involved with us lately that like really just mesh well with us is that a, is Can that a, we talk
1: about the most recent version of that or no
2: do we keep it a secret build anticipation i think we keep it a secret till we okay. drop it okay and then I, that person that we're going to discreetly talk about um i'd love to have him on a podcast and both. yeah for sure yeah but um yeah we got some it's crazy, mad damon by the way yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mad damon. <laughs> Not Brad Pitt. <laughs> the new Brad Pitt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, we have some crazy shit in the works right now. Some really awesome forward- It's just going to be a shitty turkey hunt for When's this turkey hunt the first day. We just got to watch movies. Hey, we got to catch up. With <laughs> <Yeah>. the- <here. laughs> so, yeah. We got to yeah. watch a few movies and then we're going to go turkey Ocean's
1: <laughs> 11, 12, and 13. Not eight, but just 12, 13, and, yeah. and 11. So. Uh,
0: and the river runs through it. And then we probably should throw fucking... Legends of the Fall and they're just yeah, to throw it in there. Never,
1: you've probably never seen all versions of
3: Loathsome Dove either, have you? Oh, oh fuck. No. We,
0: <laughs> this, this turkey hunter is fucked. Guys,
3: I <laughs> have to reserve <laughs> Guys, a different you, weekend at the ranch to watch all these you movies. You know what's funny? Riley, two... Riley
1: claims that he's a Marvel fan and I don't huge. believe him.
3: Oh.
1: They, oh. They're in Thor? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying that you you claim you're a big Marvel oh, fan. but what, what are you getting at right now? Uh, Why don't you believe me? Uh, what,
2: what, what i'm more giving... say i'm
1: calling you out to a to a marvel challenge let's do that on a podcast i will wipe the fucking floor I, with
2: you i'll bet you a hundred dollars what's what's uh what's uh bruce banner's butler's name I bruce banner
4: doesn't have a butler up. i just made that
1: up <laughs> how many phds does bruce banner have uh four nope three seven two sorry Catch me That's outside. Weird, how about weird, that?
2: I mean, someone set this up. We'll just battle. We'll yeah. battle at it. We'll get it set up. Okay.
0: Um, We should do westerns. I can I can play that game. Guys, should I'll I, play that with you. <laughs> is it
2: weird that I haven't seen... um, What's that movie when the guy's in the bus? Speed? In Alaska. Speed?
4: <laughs> you freaking <forget> speed. <laughs> Jason <the> Statham.
2: <laughs> yeah, Into the Wild. I haven't seen that. Or Jeremiah Johnson.
3: Oh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to
2: piss you guys off. I'm just I've seen
3: those movies. I've literally seen Into the Wild
0: probably 30 years. I don't know if I like At it. At least I don't know if it's like my favorite. Into the Wild? That's a Well, it's kind of one of the movies that you can't can put your fucking self in the in the driver's seat. I would uh, never let
2: myself freeze to death. He didn't freeze to death. He
0: starved to death because he ate the wrong plant. Correct. And I could see you doing that all fucking day long. <laughs> <laughs> I could uh, see
1: him actually getting out of the bus and and locking the doors because he had a piss. <laughs> yeah. I forgot my wallet somewhere probably. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what a tangent, boys. Clearly, Riley has not seen very many cinemas that are...
3: Up- Between the two of us, I'm definitely the movie gay.
1: I like watching movies. I just don't retain information from them,
2: I guess. I mean, what, I know,
1: what was that? No, no, no. I, I, we're going off on this tangent anyway, but I want to know, what was that movie that we watched? Uh, was it Shoulder Season? Or it might have been just a just a regular... Missing 411? No, it was a movie that we watched. The the one with the, the alien, the ship that was hiding in the clouds. Oh, that oh, was super that was, weird. That was the weirdest shit I've ever seen. What was that movie called? We
2: also like had some salad that night, too. So I... No, no, that wasn't...
3: <laughs> no, that wasn't. It. That was when we watched <laughs> Missing Persons 411. Yeah. Is that what it's called?
0: It's called... called um, as,
2: uh, don't we need to watch. Don't look, look or something like or something. that. Nobody or
0: there's a new one. An old cabin. There's well, a, new one. The it's a new one. The Yeah, I know, but we need to watch it. at The cabin that, uh, up on top pass. of the hill. I'm definitely In not the doing that. Hard do it, yeah. Were you with us? With was, was that turkey
2: hunt last oh, year when yeah. he yeah. shut the lights off on us? You
1: boys
3: want to dance
1: <laughs>
2: with the devil?
3: <laughs> Blows the fuse, so he can't turn the lights on at all. Yeah, that was
2: terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's that was take... a weird movie. Oh, though. did you guys see
3: that? The, it was the like window. an alien
2: ship, and that like ended up like trying to eat the people. It was like, it was like horses. It was really into horses. It was weird. Yeah, it was
1: the.
0: Fuck! I'm so glad I missed that day. <laughs> oh was,
2: no, no! I mean, we had a good time, and we ate a lot of food. <laughs> we were really hungry that night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> different night. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I Sean ate an
3: entire thing. Guys, we have time. to get off movies. We cannot keep on the movie. Sorry,
0: guys.
2: Um. But yeah, this interview was a lot of fun. I I can't get back into talking about this. as too much. This movies. Um, we'll see how this goes. We have lined up like four of these for this first six months of the year. Four Zoom interviews, I believe. Um, hopefully Maybe they go good.
0: Five, four for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. Which is might be a benefit to us too, especially when hunting season comes around, because there might be an opportunity where, um, like Matt and I, need to call in when we're out, or you guys might need to call in from the mountains or something like that. Might be a benefit. We'll see. But for these people that don't live in Montana, this is like the biggest venue that we can take.
1: I think I think it would be kind of cool for one of the four of us to call in because like it it'd be different, but (laughs) live from. Upstairs. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what I mean, though. Like, if some one of us can't be here, that we kind cool of cool because like we
3: still all. I would have tried when I was in California, but there was just like no service. I would have had to drive thirty miles just to do it.
0: That's a hop and a skip.
3: Well, not when you don't have a vehicle. I would had yeah, to walk. True.
0: <laughs> well,
2: that would. Have, we had a I'd semi not that was
3: hooked to the race trailer, and then we had the race truck, which is
0: not street legal. <laughs> Anyways. You just had to find high ground.
2: There's no high ground as a lake bed. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm uh, lost. Uh, I'm so uh, lost. Uh, this is this is taking the wildest tangent. Let's just roll into it. Yeah, let's uh let's head into the interview. Um there's gonna be some social media stuff going on after this interview. We're not gonna tell you what. What he, what our buddy drops for us. If
3: you keep active on all of our other social medias, probably by the time you hear this, you'll see it there.
2: Yeah, so check out, make sure to check out our stuff. There's some cool things for the audience that are going to be available after this drops. Promo. Promo codes, yeah. yeah. So listen for those. Um, give us some good feedback uh, if you can, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. Let us know if this is a style that you guys like because it's a better way for us to to really get some more people in here. And uh, so, yeah, give us some feedback. Let us know how it went. You know, and (laughs) we've always
1: said this. We've had this. We've ended podcasts, which this is the intro, so it's weird. But uh, I'm just going to say this now that, like, when we've said we've had big things coming, I promise you, the stuff that we're getting into there's more
2: weight behind it this time than now
1: is is huge and definitely stay tuned with
2: us i think what sean's saying is like stay engaged in what we got going on because there's a lot of opportunities for you as a listener um as well as like we're really trying to do as much work as we can with some we want to give back as much as we possibly can i mean there's so many people that got us to where we're at right now to give back to you guys as an audience is amazing and also give back to the community, you know, like working with starlight, which is a foundation that Matt brought under the table. We're working with them for the Turkey hunt. We're working on some, uh, I don't know what, I can't remember what point of this podcast I mentioned it, but we're working on some fundraising, some, some local fundraisers soon too, that we'll drop on here, uh, probably next week. Um, just a lot of stuff that we can give back on. I mean, using our platform for the, for the better, you know, for good is really big for us. Yeah, Um, for sure. um, but yeah, check out this interview. Um, let us know how it goes. Uh, we're going to get into it right now. Go ahead and check it out. Today, we'd like to welcome in special guest on our first ever, I don't know, Zoom interview call, you'd say? For sure, yeah. Uh, owner and operator of Downstream Clothing. We have our new friend, Nick Javanovich, here to tell us a little bit about what he does. Nick, what's going on, buddy?
5: How's it going, gentlemen? Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me on the show.
2: This is the podcast that wouldn't ha- wouldn't happen, I guess you could say. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we've had to streamline because... this for about a month now.
5: <laughs> a little bit of trouble, but we got it going right now, so we're happy. Well, let's
2: get right into things. Um, I'm gonna kind of start out. I'd like to know a little bit about how you became the outdoorsman that you are. You are, for a little backstory for the audience here, you own a, essentially a, would you classify it, Nick, a fishing company or a specific fly fishing clothing company?
5: Well, so I've been basically solely fly fishing for the past 30 years. So that's my vision. But uh, I know I've got a lot of guys who who and gals who who wear the gear that that aren't just in the fly fishing niche either. So, you know, it's it started as a fly fishing thing, but it's whoever whoever uh loves to spend time on the water is really who we're going for.
2: Okay. Um with well, that being said, let's go back to little Nick. Young Nick, uh I don't know, elementary school Nick. Were you always I guess my question would be like how did you get introduced to the outdoors and was it always mainly fishing um like was that your first introduction to the outdoors
5: um yeah fishing was probably the first uh, introduction to the outdoors for me um I was fortunate to be raised in Montana and of course as you guys know anybody who's from Montana loves that state and they're just proud to be from there um I was fortunate to be raised with two fathers and there they're you know my 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 parents were divorced from a very young age and my mom got remarried when I was in grade school. So I had two male role models who who really showed me the ropes in the outdoors. Um, man, if I rewind as back far as I can, I would say probably uh, preschool, maybe kindergarten on Georgetown Lake in a, in a little tin can, you know, the, the little uh, rental boats with a, a five horse outboard little twist throttle on the back with my dad just throwing some panther martins at some some rainbows and some brook trout um that's probably the earliest fishing memory that i have and i just know from there it was like it, it was a slippery slope i was i was hooked puns aside um but yeah so uh grew up you know just just being outside all the time i had a great introduction into hunting from my stepdad don and uh so both fishing and hunting were were a huge part of of my childhood and my young adulthood as well
2: okay um I guess my next question would be and we're gonna we're gonna do some deep dives this isn't your your normal interview where we're just gonna go through the timeline of your life I think that the which I mean we'll we'll probably touch on that but I think what I've always found interesting and i and I have an opinion on this and I'd like if you guys and the rest of the guys in the room have an opinion on this it seems like there's stages of how you get into f- fly fishing as a whole, because th- this is going to be mainly a fly fishing talk tonight. Um, and I'd say at what point in your life did you go from the tin, you know, just the, the in the boat fishing with your dad to where I would say would be that next step. I mean, you're probably, uh, I would assume you're traveling to fly fish at this age. You've done trips in your life um like you're taking that next step to becoming that i don't know i would i don't know if you'd call it a pro nick but like like you're taking that next step in the evolution of fly fishing to become a master i would say
5: uh (laughs) putting master in my name in the same sentence (laughs) seems a little bit strange to me but um i have been doing it a long time that's for sure and and that's not for comparison to anybody it's just part of my my journey um I would say that I I don't remember a specific, uh, uh, instance where I was like, I need to fly fish. I know that my, some of my uncles, uh, were fly fishermen and, and, um, I kind of knew of the idea. I just remember one Christmas, I just asked my dad, I was like, Hey, I want a fly rod for Christmas. And I had to have been under 10 years old. I was probably eight years old. And I just got the idea to, to get a fly rod. And I swear from then on, like nothing else mattered nothing else mattered whatsoever um i i maybe can count on the on one hand the times i've been you know other types of fishing that weren't fly fishing um just the 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 intention the 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 presence the in the momentness of of the thing and the movement of the thing i literally was just hooked um and i was lucky enough like i said uh to grow up with with two um, male role models in my life. So my dad did give me that fly rod for Christmas that year. But uh, my stepdad um, was the one who really cultivated that uh, fly fishing journey. We grew up fishing the Bighorn River outside of Billings. And and my stepfather was the one who would take us on those trips and then camping trips up to Red Lodge, you know, um, fishing for little brookies up in those mountain streams. And um, yeah, it was just, <laughs> That that's kind of the, the 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 genesis of the thing, and it's just really become um, almost a, a religion for me, to be honest. Um, from that moment forward, it was just a, a, a practice of of, of of from that beginning. It's just kind of uh, an evolution of, of trying new things and moving into new places and, and traveling to new new places. And and um, for me, it's just never been like an escape. Uh, uh, from anything. It's just, it's, it's part of, of who I am and I don't really know how else to explain it. And that might sound a little out there to some people or, or, or a little bit goofy to some people, but it's just, it's just part of my DNA.
1: Um, so basically like a question I like to ask a lot of people too, about this, when they get this passionate into a certain um, style of the outdoors, um, trial and error is a huge factor in what you love to do within that outdoor activity versus you know what is kind of not your cup of tea in a sense um have you found anything that is just absolute like style of fly fishing or species to to target i mean that is just totally taking the tail of the tape and you'll do that every time as your go-to
5: oh man you know that is such a good question and i do have i would say that there are some some specific uh species that i think are are my favorites to target and i try not to take for granted the fact that we live in such a great area i'm in boise idaho now um and i travel back and forth between montana where i work in the summer and the uh uh, boise area or all of idaho and all of montana for that matter um in pursuit of trout and when most people think of fly fishing you think of that kind of purist uh trout fishing thing and, and that will always be the the Foundation of what I do, but there is an evolution into like uh, other things like uh, pike, musky and even saltwater fishing. That's just just like the next step. And I would say that uh, um, permit I've gotten permit crazy in the last five, 10 years or so and it's just uh, it's it's a new level it's really like hunting which you guys might enjoy you know um it's it's not like you're you're sitting there on a, on a stream and blind casting and just waiting for something to rise like you're you're out there busting your ass and sweating your ass off and staring at water for hours and hours and days and days and days just to get like this little flurry of excitement and you're probably going to screw it up anyway and even if you do everything right and it happens like it like it's going to happen in that moment that fish walk like swims up noses down on your crab or your shrimp. And he's like, oh, you have a brown one on right now. No, I was looking for green. Peace out. And just swims away. And uh, it's almost like this pit of the stomach feeling where um, like your girlfriend is leaving and you can't do anything about it. Like you've done everything (laughs) right. And she's still going, you know, she's still walking out that door. That's what it feels like. And it drives me crazy. It's under my skin. I freaking love it.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, you speak very similar to most fly fishermen in and a lot of people outside of our realm of i don't know what we do wouldn't understand the absolute like adrenaline rush you get for something like that um and i think it's cool to hear different ways of uh you know a lot of guys could say that even a brown trout like a 20-inch brown trout would just drive them crazy. But then you see the evolution of getting to where you're at, and it's almost... Do you guys think it's kind of like hunting, too, where you get to a point where that one thing that you are going after turns into something bigger and something bigger, and you're always trying to chase that next adventure? I think that's similar to, to what Nick's talking about in a way.
1: Well, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, there's there's always a bigger fish. You know what I mean? There's always a better practice that you could do the next time on that same body of water when it comes, especially to fly fishing. Cause I mean, you look at spin fishing and you go out there with a, like, like Nick brought up with like Panther Martin or any, you know, a spoon or something where you're just out to try and catch fish. The, the practice isn't as there as much as you going out, knowing that your Prince Nymph that you had on in that, you know, specific body of water didn't work very well. So you move through your, your basically your tackle box in a sense, you know, your, whatever you got all your flies in and feel like you fit better fly fishing, switching molt. I mean, how many times do you think you switch flies when you're out on a body of water
3: versus spoons? Oh, I mean, there's definitely times where I'm like, am I really tying on another fly and there's like. Pieces of leader hanging on to like 15 different <laughs> flies where i right. cut
2: it off. Well, right. I think that um, we all have a benefit here of being all fly fishermen. You know, Matt, uh, kind of just to let you know, Nick, he's very similar in a way where he was a fly fishing guide, fishing guide slash fly fishing guide as well. So we can all relate on a lot of things. But I think a funny thing that I, I'd i like to get your opinion on, Nick, is When I first started fly fishing, I always thought that it was just like, oh, you go and you go pick up a pole and that's all it is. And then it turns into you own like three different poles, like a bag full of four different kinds of flies. And, uh, it just turns into something that isn't really what you thought it would be. And so like, what has that been like for you? Like, are you the guy that has like 10 different brands of rods and, and just all the gear you can imagine, or
5: yeah, well, I've definitely gone through my share of gear in the years. Um, I, I think I go through evolutions. You know, everybody starts out with that beginner kit. Something just this kind of the ace or the jack of all trades, I guess that just kind of fits everything. Um, then, as as I kind of built my my fishing and guiding career, I definitely moved into that gear junkie phase. And, uh, where there was, there was no limit to how many rods I could own or, or reels, or, you know, it's just like all the different equipment, all the newest things that that's what I need is, is just the new, new thing this year. And I need it, you know, in four different weights too, you know, I I can't get by with just a a six weight. I'm going to need that in a, in a five a four and maybe a seven as well. So, (laughs) um, at this stage in my career, I think I, I, I still have a lot of equipment, but I think I know what I like. A little bit more i can get a little more specific about what i want um you know that being said when you're pursuing a whole bunch of different species from from trout to bass to pike to um saltwater species you know from uh, bonefish to gts and tarpon you're going to need all these different weights definitely very specific equipment that you're going to need so you can't really shy away from that you know that's just going to always be there it's an intrinsic part of the the, the thing in the pursuit, so um, it, it'd be pretty tragic if I brought my six-weight trout rod out and tried to fish some uh, Florida tarpon. Um, I don't think that would work out well for anybody. So um, I, I have a lot of gear, but I, I think I've I've honed in on what I like and what I want and what I need, and uh, I'll replace it here and there as as new technology comes out. But um, yeah, I do I like a lot of different things from a lot of different companies. I tend to not like you know a whole product line from every com- one specific company. I like to pick and choose because I think they do some things well and, and they do some things not so well. So that's kind of my personal, um, philosophy or MO, at least at this time on that.
2: Um, I'd like to know, cause you just brought up the fact that you're a fishing guide and I don't know if we had mentioned that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what got you into that atmosphere? I mean, that's totally different than, uh, um, you know, we introduced you as owning a clothing line, which we'll get to, but like a fishing guide in itself, like what, what got you into that? And, and where have you gone with that adventure?
5: Oh, you know, that's pretty, that's a really fun story too. So, um, yeah, when you grow up in Montana, um, I loved the outdoors like we've already hit on, you know, uh, you can kind of take it for granted after a while. We're talking, post uh, my post collegiate career. So I've graduated from, from MSU and Billings there. And, and uh, y- you're surrounded by mountains and rivers. I grew up hunting and fishing, like we've already talked about. And, and so it just wasn't really um, my life's pursuit at that moment. I needed to go out and experience some life. So I moved to, to Southern California, um, got a bigger city experience, uh, had some fun, had some down times. Um, point of the story is that while I was there, um, I kind of was moving up a corporate ladder in in a pretty well-known uh, sporting good uh, store. And uh, I remember they they had me in an interview. It was, it was the owner's right-hand man and the owner's daughter who were uh, running a specific store. And they were interviewing me for a department manager at one of their, their stores. And they were like, we want to Extend this job offer to you. I think you're the guy for this position. And literally in that moment, I looked at both of them and I was like, thanks, guys. Um, this is my two weeks notice. I'm going back to Montana because I just want to fish. I need to get back to my roots and, and really just dive into that. That's what's calling me. So um I moved back to Montana two weeks later and uh just started to fish my face off. Um when I moved back, I started working at the restaurant that I had worked at previous before leaving to California. And uh, a young lady who worked there knew of a kid who was starting a guiding business or just started a guiding business over in Dillon. Um, And he she kind of set us up on a a little uh, coffee date, if you will. We met up in Bozeman and talked and and, then the rest was history. And uh, that's not the first time that I tried to guide my brother and I kind of started to. uh, poke our heads around some fly shops down in the, on the Bighorn. And uh, I'm sure those guys got a whole bunch of young punk kids coming in like, hey, I want to be a guy. Where can I be a professional guy? You know, um, so we didn't get a lot of traction there, which was kind of uh, frustrating at the time. But now in hindsight, I can see that it worked out well because um, traveling to Dillon to work all summer long has led to a whole bunch of other friendships, opportunities and experiences over there. And I just, I love the fishing over there uh the rivers are are phenomenal. Couldn't be more diverse in such a small area regarding trout streams, and uh, yeah. So that's been about uh, but a decade and a half now since since that started. So um, it's been a good run, and I've enjoyed every moment of it.
2: Is all of your guiding uh, out of a boat then?
5: Ah, ninety nine percent is out of a boat. Uh, we there's there's a few uh, small private waters that we do uh, some spring creeks and and some private uh, property walk-in type stuff that we do but uh yeah most of everything that i do is uh out of a boat you know yeah
2: because i always wondered that um as like as a i'm a hunting guide uh, as well as matt is my outfitter um so we're very familiar with like that kind of deal you know uh having to you know make sure people are happy in the environment that they're in making successful trips and i always wonder from a fishing standpoint as someone that myself I do different kinds of fishing if you ever you know the only kind of guiding I've ever seen done was out of a boat so I've always been curious like do you do that weight in trips and just take guys around and do you have to have a certain kind of client that would be able like do they have to have a a certain amount of fitness to be able to go on like a walk-in thing or you know is there like a upfront deal where they're like you know I can handle this kind of trip or I've just never I've I've always wondered if like guys do out of the boat fishing guide stuff.
5: Yeah. Uh well, you know, it's probably different for everybody, but I bet we could sit here and have some great uh, conversation about about how to, how we interact with clients and, and client stories and such, but right. uh, we'll save that for another day when the cameras aren't rolling maybe. <laughs> um we uh we uh, uh it's funny because if I'm not in a boat moving downstream with the river, um which there's a theme right there the term downstream um and have like at least seven things going on at once i i can get a little bit bored it's kind of funny but uh um <laughs> most people just expect to show up and go in a boat it's easier for me to kind of control the flow of things the day um the expectations if we're in a boat um what happens is is usually if somebody's around for a, a few you know, days, three, four, five days or a week, and they want to change it up, we do have some private waters, um, that we'll, we'll bring in, uh, some folks on the walking, uh, situation, but, um, it doesn't matter your level of fitness or your, or how, how long you've been fly fishing, your, your, uh, you know, level of, of experience doesn't really matter. There's different places that we can take you to, to kind of accommodate that. It's just a different type of setting, you know, um, some of it's uh, a private pond stuff. Some of it's just that small mountain stream. Like, uh, it's, it's kind of like, like when I grew up, you know, like when we started fly fishing, when we were kids, that's what it reminds me of just this beautiful little flowing stream, you know, winding through the willows in this mountain meadow. And you're just flinging in all these, you know, dry flies for these, these voracious brook trout that come up and eat on every two casts or something like that. So, um, no prerequisites or, or anything. It's just uh, not as typical for what we offer uh, versus the the drifting.
1: You know, and it's funny that you say that because I, uh, so when I was in high school, um, there was a certain, st- I won't name the the river um, or the inlet on it, but there was a certain stretch that I fished enough that uh, I became friends with the local, basically fly shop guy. And he ran charters every once in a while for him. And so I got in with him and, you know, a lot of the time it was actually, uh, out of staters that we were getting that were coming in there. And, you know, I'd take them out on the drift boat and go down. And mm-hmm. I mean, I knew all the honey holes on that particular stretch of that river. And, um, it's funny because I would always come down to a spot where there was an inlet of a smaller Creek that I told them, I said, I guarantee you, if we went up about 200 yards in that stretch, the chance of you catching a 25 inch brown trout is very high. And I, I would always say, I'm not taking you guys there with the boat. I'm not about to push all of us up that little inlet, um, for, you know, 15, 20 seconds until we actually come back out in the main river. And so I said, if you guys want me to, I can stop this. We can stop this, pull it up on shore and we can hike up a little bit and hit it for a while. And if you guys like it, great. If not, Sorry, we'll go on with our day. And there was a lot of people that would be like, "Ah, I'm not getting out of the boat till we, we finish. You know what I mean? But there was some, mm-hmm. every once in a while, you'd have a guy that be like, oh, absolutely, man. Let's just a little hike. I'm fine with it. But it's it's funny that you bring that up because it is, I mean, as these two know and you know, client-based on certain mm-hmm. decisions like that, for sure.
5: Yeah, I... Uh, 100%. The client expectation is it changes on a daily basis and you just kind of have to read what they're, what they're expecting and roll with it.
2: So do you find time for yourself with all this other activities that are going on to do like just fishing on your own away from everybody else? Or is it pretty much like company related and guiding related?
5: Uh, you know, that's a great question because I feel like, this newest evolution of of my life and what I'm doing is trying to find that balance. And there is no such thing as balance. Cause that, to me that would, you know, that denotes a 50, 50, um, uh, you know, personal fishing versus company fishing or, or, you know, work and play, whatever that is. And, and so the balance, the, the, the ratio is different for different people. And I would say it's even different for me at different times. I have times where i just have to put my head down and grind and and you know i don't get out on the water for two two and a half weeks and and that feels like a long time um and then there are, are stretches when of course you know i'm working in the summer i'm out there every day um or if i'm back home here in the in the off seasons i'm i'm still getting out you know two three times a week uh for myself so it, it just depends on what the season's bringing me and um, you know right now winter fishing around here in boise is, is decent It just depends on the weather, Um, but it's kind of put your head down and grind time. You know, we've got uh, work projects coming up, spring's coming up, you know, uh, shops are expecting some things. And uh, it's the end of my kids' hockey season too, which takes a freak ton of time as well. (laughs) I mean, uh, there there are times when I'm not doing any fishing and there are times when I'm doing a hell of a lot of fishing.
2: I get that. Well, I guess we're going to keep, we're going to quit prolonging the elephant in the room of really what you do and a big reason I mean obviously I'd say I've known it's weird to say like known of you like you're like a celebrity or something but um, you being brothers with one of my best friends really best friend of the podcast Josh um, I've been able to watch really your I would assume this is a dream of yours a big passion project for you from when you started to where it's at now, um you are the owner and operator for downstream fishing clothing. How did that all start about like how did like are you doing that well answer that question and I have a couple more questions but uh, how did that get started?
5: <laughs> yeah uh, ask as many follow up questions as you like um you know i've i have I think that again I, I referenced kind of my new iteration of, of how my life is supposed to go right now and i'm I'm trying to be very intentional with with what I do with my time and 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 what speaks to me and part of that is just you know taking time to get clear and, and listen to um, nudges that, that you might be getting what some call it intuition or uh, whispers from God or or whatever you want to call it um I, I was just quiet one day and and I was just kind of uh I, I was looking for the I, I knew something was about to come through me um I'm an artist as well i have an art degree i've always been designing i love design um i like clothing i do like fashion which sounds kind of weird to say for uh, a, a, a guy who's outdoorsy not quite as burly as you guys but i can hold my own sometimes if i need to you know but uh, <laughs> i do i do like clothes and and i just remember looking around and, and not really I, I couldn't find anything that i really liked i really i really couldn't you know so i just wanted to design some some fishing t-shirts and that's kind of how it started um it's just an outlet for my creativity um again one of my earliest passions is is art so art and fishing come together and i start designing things and uh it it just grew out of that um as far as its tech clothing uh like sun hoodies or 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 layering pieces or, or things like that i just again there's some great companies out there i just never really fit with with what they were putting out i liked some of it i didn't like some of it some of the fits weren't great for me others were better i just didn't like the style i didn't fit in a box um for the 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 style or the uh uh, kind of image of the company and so i just said to hell with it i'm just doing my own and that's literally how it started um yeah and and i just took a deep dive into how, how to get it done uh, did my own research. I mean, you can find out a lot on Google, obviously, everybody knows that now, but it took a long time to get in there and, and really dig around to figure out how to, uh, get, get to your own clothing manufactured. So, um, that that's the genesis of the thing. And, and here we are now, um, we get
2: a little bit of that obviously with, with, uh, um, even the little bit we do just for podcast merchandise is not even a clothing line, but we know there's a lot Mm -hmm. that goes into it. We can't really, it's hard to imagine the actual manufacturing of your own designs. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed big on your end is that you seem to have taken the modern approach to building a company, which is using social media atmosphere. Like we're doing right now, we're doing a podcast. It's easy for, us to market for free. Um, I've seen your Instagram grow. Um, I mean, there is Facebook, TikTok, all these social media outlets that have free marketing, and you know you can show a little bit of what you do out in the field, and people can kind of relate to that. I've seen you do that very well. How, like, what made you decide to go that route versus like you know the basic, just open a, a shop on Pinterest or something, and just pray that it pray that it happens
5: oh man that's a great question i haven't even thought of it like that but uh hmm man i don't know i just i just i guess i just wanted to to feel legit for myself i just wanted to to legitimize the thing for myself and if i was going to do it i was going to do it and that's that so um the pinterest thing kind of it, it was it was an idea that was in the mix you know at the beginning it seemed easier it seemed like um you know, a lot of creatives can get on there and just start selling merch right away, but it just didn't seem like the right fit. If I was going to do it, I was going to do it uh, fully and, and go all in. So, um, you know, shy of opening a brick and mortar shop or a store for myself, uh, I feel like I have gone all in. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. The social media aspect of it is, is huge, and, and you got to be able to leverage that and, and speak to an audience. And, uh, you know, we put out things I think that are, true to us and and i know it strikes a chord with some and and some people will think we're you know full of our own bs and that's totally fine because i'm not going to please everybody but uh, i know some people really like what we're doing and that's 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 who i care about that's that's who i'm here for um you know we're trying to do something that's a little bit different we don't want to look like everybody else uh everybody's welcome but if if it's not for you that's fine um but yeah i just you know i just uh, if we were going to do it i was going to do it and that's it
2: well, I think that's the most important thing. And I think we can relate a little bit on that too. Is oh, like, totally. You almost Honorable. have to, it's not like you're, they said the old saying, which isn't really related to what I'm trying to say, but it's, it'll make sense here in a second. Like the fake it till you make it kind of deal. But I'm not saying we fake it. I'm just saying like, you act like you, we try to act like we've been there and it makes, makes it feel like, um, I don't know, if you just in, engulf yourself in the, into the process, it seems like things start to fall into line
1: makes makes decisions a lot easier if you think about it like if you put yourself in that scenario like like you said fake it till you make it like it is it is honestly true within business because if you truly act and care for the passion of what business you're trying to grow those decisions you make even though you might not know everything 100 percent are still better than, you know, you just come up with something on the fly and making it work,
3: you know?
2: Yeah, I mean? or making it look like you don't know what you're doing at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah, or definitely, like,
3: he said he wanted to do it full in. It's like, if you wanted it done right, go and do it yourself. I mean, people talk about that all the time. Yeah.
1: yeah. You're gonna, if you're going full in, you're not gonna just put your feet in the water, you know, you're diving in head first.
2: Right. So what is downstream? What is the, what does downstream look like right now? What is, what are you guys working on And like, what is your everyday presence in the company?
5: My everyday presence right now is basically everything. It's it's a small company, so you know I hire out jobs as I need. Um, We have some some team members and some reps that are out on social media doing their thing, plugging the 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 product. But basically, what I am in charge of is is product design and marketing. And to me you know you can the, the product design is, is huge because i'm an, like i said i'm a, I'm an artist designer uh, at heart and and that's what i love to do and that's the the foundation of the thing but then on you know you you, you can have great stuff and a great product and and uh sell to nobody if you can't market and that's that's kind of where the magic happens and and i'm learning that too and and um i i, I admittedly not the the best marketer in the world but it's a game that that if you're going to win in in this kind of a situation you're going to have to to learn and master and i'm trying to own that as best i can right now too it's a a learning curve for me um i i would definitely say i'm i'm more of an introvert um i i prefer to keep to myself if if possible and this breaks you out of that shell you got to kind of you know talk to people you got to connect with people you have to uh put out those those uh, uh bigger you know feelings and emotions and and, and your morals and and your uh, you know the what you stand on the ground you stand on and put that out for everybody to kind of to accept or or to not accept and and that's kind of um a little bit nerve-wracking for me sometimes but you know it's just got to be done and that's again you know to your fake it's how you make it conversation i i think you're you're right at the beginning you just don't know very much, and I think it's really important to have confidence and move forward. Otherwise, you're just not going to move. You know anything. You know A lot of people just don't get started because they don't know where to start. They don't have the confidence. So you have to, uh, you know, build that. That uh, um, or you have to stand on something, and then you. As long as I think you're open and you're you're learning as you, as you progress, you're learning. And you're honest with who you are and you own your mistakes, even, you know, along the way, you just kind of figure it out. And, and then all of a sudden you look back uh, five, 10 years later, and you're like, holy crap, look where we are now. So um, it's just, you know, long story short, the the marketing and the design are what, really what I'm working on. But the marketing is, is definitely the huge thing about running, running a company like this.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that. Um, I feel like Putting your face on any any style of like us with the outdoor media stuff, um, you, retail line, you know, your whole business is, I almost feel like at least for the four of us, we were definitely all introverts in the outdoor media category because it was kind mm-hmm. of like.
3: Oh, for sure. Other than like posting pictures on, we shot a deer or something, we posted it on social media. That was about right. as far as we went into Right. The outdoor world. But
1: being on like full video stuff is kind of like, almost like cringing to yourself a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like after,
3: in the beginning, you know what I mean? Even before this, looking at those videos we took, you know, while we were elk hunting this year, the first time we ever had a camera in our face, we're just like, wow. Yeah, it's tough. We don't even know how to talk on camera.
1: (laughs) But you build past that, because, I mean, clearly for the uh, year and a half, you know, we've been recording you build past that and, you know, you slowly become an extrovert and this
2: type of stuff, but it is very difficult to get to that point, um, you know, quickly. Well, and I, I wonder on your end, Nick, cause we, we talk about this all the time and, and Sean uh, kind of makes this statement frequently about how, like, like how is, how is he worded this before? Like we're a bunch of guys that know what we're doing, but when it comes to this, we sometimes didn't know anything. and, and I guess you could kind of see, and and as much as you could be prepared in certain situations, uh, and I guess we really didn't even talk about it, the reason that we say this is the podcast that's been hard to happen is it seems like every time we've tried to do something, uh, a technical issue has happened. Uh, last week, we didn't have audio, so we rescheduled. Uh, we even had a little uh, video problem tonight. Uh, but I guess what I'm getting to is we keep doing trial and error with what we're doing, to make it right, I mean, we started, it's really funny to look back on like the things we started on with like a $20 webcam in a small room with a square table, but um, have you had those kind of things in your atmosphere with downstream where you've just had to like constantly learn and adapt to get to where you're at
5: today? Oh my gosh, I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> uh, learning, Learning a manufacturing process uh, understanding fabrics, understanding lead times, um, understanding language barriers, and and uh, uh, you know, just different customs from different people. You know what people mean when they say certain things if they're in uh, Canada versus Central America versus China or Pakistan. It's com- it's it's unbelievable the nuance, and so things get missed. You know, you kind of drop the ball sometimes. And it, sometimes it's my fault and sometimes it's not, but you know, as the face of the company, I gotta own it and it is what it is. So um, I think that I I, I can roll with, with things pretty easily. Um, I'm pretty good at apologizing when I need to apologize. And in the end, it all works out anyway. Um, you know, we're it, you're gonna make mistakes. We all are going to make mistakes. I, it's just, it's a lesson that my kids are always learning, you know, as we move along through through their uh junior high and, and and early high school careers it seems like that uh kids are taught that making a mistake is bad you know you 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 uh um you kind of shy away from it and it kind of i think hinders a, a lot of people in 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 their life in, in their careers or what their um passions are their their entrepreneurial uh pursuits later in life and You just, you can't care about making mistakes. It's going to happen. And you know that you're going to learn the lesson and and you can apologize and and make it right and move on. And that's, we've had to do that plenty. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, that's definitely relatable. Uh, One last question on the company as a whole. If you had a hundred different people in front of you of all shapes and sizes and from all over, what would your message to them be about what downstream is? Um, and why they would be interested in looking into wearing your apparel.
5: Well, let's see. That's, uh, um, I think to me, that's a pretty in-depth answer and I've been trying to work on how to get this a little more concise. And to me, when I look at it, there's a surface level and on the surface, um, sustainability is something that we're always looking into and sustainability is kind of a buzzword right now, and that's fine, but as avid outdoors people, uh, outdoors, men, outdoors, women, outdoors, kids. Um, it's, it's hard to say that you are passionate about being outside about pursuing elk or pursuing permit or, um, you know, floating the, the river, uh, looking for rising and trout and not be at least this much of an environmentalist, you know, from here to wherever you whack it, however crazy you want to get. Um, great. Uh, what we're trying to do, of course, is is to minimize our impact on on planet Earth because we kind of like it here, and we like the fish and the and the animals. So, um, understanding that the fashion industry, uh, again, kind of hard to say fashion and fishing or hunting in the same uh, sentence, but uh, the fashion industry, clothing, uh, textiles, is is one of the leading um, polluters in in the uh the world uh um, dyes uh chemical processes uh making just the fabric itself is, is a, it's a lot of waste it's a lot of consumption it's a lot of pesticides it's a lot of plastics and so we're just trying to minimize that with some you know some natural fibers like uh hemp and and uh, bamboo tensile stuff like that so um you know more responsible packaging and and, and uh shipping um, policies um, the other surface level thing is just the uh, the aesthetic of it um you know the, there's some other big companies out there that have their thing and there are some things that that i still will buy from company a and company b and uh a lot of it just doesn't work for me I'm, i just i like a, a a more sleek modern clean design and and i can't get that from a lot of other places so um i might be biased but i kind of i kind of like my artwork and my design. so <laughs> on the surface those are the two big things. Um, but, uh, really on the, on the, uh, the, uh, the, the middle of the onion is that the downstream is kind of philosophy and it's just kind of how I've learned to live my life in this evolution of my life, this stage of my life. I just have moved into something that's a little bit more than going out on the, uh, the stream on the weekends or after work or before work to kind of escape. Um, that's, that's not where I'm at. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing for anybody. Um, Wherever, whenever and wherever you're spending time outside is, is fantastic. I'm just in my evolution. I'm just beyond that. Um, I, I've, I've found that um, um, it's almost, I, I, I may have referenced fly fishing as a religion almost. And to me, it is a religion. Um, whenever you're kind of a, in a practice thing where you, you go out and you, you can kind of feel connected again, um, that's the thing. And that to me is the bigger thing, and it's it's really, I mean, you guys know when you're sitting on a a, a, a parket, you're you're looking over the a ridge line, and the sun's coming up, and you know you've got some elk just kind of moving out of the bottom of the draw, and your your heart's beating out of your chest, and and in that moment you've never felt so clear, so alive, and so aligned with your purpose, and uh, in that moment you know that there is this big beautiful energy that's that's throughout everything it's a part of you it's a part of me it's a part of that tree it's a part of that river it's a part of that elk over there you know it's it's a part of god whatever your definition of god might be um the the power that kind of is is in everything creates worlds and universes and it's so tangible there and and to me that's the river and the, the power of the river and and being there with the the fishes and and um it's it's that experience that I'm trying to harness. And, and that's really, again, it's like, it's, it's like, um, going to church. Uh, my mom used to get mad at me because I would be going to the river on Sundays except, instead of going to church with the family. And I'm like, mom, I am going to church. Um, <clears throat> this is my sanctuary. You know, this is where I feel it. This is where I feel connected to everything to the whole world. And, uh, it's special to me. And, and it's not, it's not separate from me. It's not, it's not, I have my work life and I have my, family life and I have my fishing life, it's all the same to me. It's all, it's all in the flow. And, um, and that's how I, I just have chosen to live my life here in the the last few years and and that's what I'm working on. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, that, that's basically where it is and that's where, that's where the name came came from. Um, that, and the the fact that as a fishing guide, you spend most of your life going downstream, like literally in a boat, (laughs) but if you think about that feeling, of the river, that kind of um, purpose of course, and in, in building momentum, um, that's that's the feeling that encapsulates the the uh, the thing that is the ideal that is downstream.
2: That was very well well said. I I couldn't agree more on a, a lot, of lot of your of st- words. No, I you really encapsulate. Oh, oh. oh wow! Was Sorry, a I was listening word, to a little right? bit of Nick going on there. <laughs> There's some big words out there. Um, really a lot of what our vision is too i mean i I could relate to that on so many levels oh yeah i've never um, like
3: actually been able to put into words how i feel when i'm out in the outdoors and that's about as close as it's been able to been explained
5: well that's that's the thing right there is like i I just tend to dive into stuff i almost said a a bad word i don't know if that's allowed here if you bleep bleep that you're good brother we didn't didn't talk about it at the top of the show But um people who are even uh I just tend to think about things. Like like I like to get into something and I'll pick it apart and I'll overthink things. And it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like your your strengths, your your are are a superpower and they're also your weakness. It's like uh it's like Star Wars, right? Like like don't underrate Star Wars for what it is. Like my 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 strength, my superpower can help me or can hinder me. And I just dive in and I really pick things apart. So whether a person is is thinking about it on that level or trying to understand it at that level or that that connectedness or that presence it doesn't matter because they all feel it when they're there they might not have tried to put words to it or they might try they may may just want to enjoy the feeling while they're there and not you know in an office somewhere um punching a a clock or whatever your life has you doing at at that time um or in that iteration but you feel it we all feel it i've just thought about it a lot and i've talked about it a lot and so, yeah, I can go on and on about it for, for, how long do we have on this podcast?
2: Uh, I mean, we have a, we have a no, we, really have we have no, have no minimum, minimum requirement. Um, <laughs> There's no minimum. Okay. But we would, I would like to say like, thanks for coming on and giving a good representation of like the, the, the great outdoorsman, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's what, that's a lot about what we, what we really Pre- in, you know talk oh, yeah. about on here. Um, we're going to, is there anything that you have about your company that you want to say that we didn't ask before I get into the segment here?
5: Um, no, you know, I think you guys really give me a lot of time to to say what I want. And I know it's been a lot for, for uh, some of you will be like, oh my gosh, this guy talks forever. <laughs> oh, no, um, you've been great. But no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys letting me on here and, uh, you know, uh, just, just let me uh, freestyle a little bit.
2: All right. Awesome. I, I think it's been, I, it's up to now, it's been really a lot of fun. I, I like learning a lot about stuff oh, yeah. like this. But So this is something we like to do a lot when we have guests on here. Um, the four of us are going to, not rapidly, because there's a little bit of a delay in the uh, the Zoom thing. This is new for us, and so thanks for guinea-pigging on that, too. Um, but what we like to do is just, instead of having like more of a structure like we've had this whole time, we're just going to rapid... We're going to ask you questions, crazy questions, probably like, what's your favorite streamer? or Just fun stuff like that, and we're just going to go around the room, and if you have something to ask us, go right ahead, but uh, this is kind of like a 15-20 minute deal that we really enjoy doing, because it kind of asks a lot of questions that people sometimes don't think about. So if you're ready for that, we're going to to start ripping questions.
5: (laughs) (laughs) All right, you got me sweating a little bit, but let's go.
2: All right, Um, do you want me to start, or do you guys got something right off the bat? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ramsey Ramsey's talking to me from the clouds right now. My apologies. <laughs> I'm trying
3: to direct here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we almost we, we joke all the time that we almost need like an employee to run this, but uh we're 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 rolling good here. Um let's start with that question then. Um there's three types mainly. And and I don't want to get into like salt water and stuff like that, but there is in my eyes the three main ways, which really I guess you could say are the three only ways, but streamer fishing nymph fishing dry flies if you were on an island and gun to your head you could only do one of those to stay alive what is that one thing what is your best skill
5: oh man <laughs> um, okay i'm gonna have to eliminate a, a nymph thing right now only because that's you know uh, as a guide that's a big part of your job is staring at a bobber um and even though it's probably it it definitely is the most effective way to to fly fish um i've just had enough of that in my lifetime oh, so it's this is the, the argument of of dries or streamers who's who's the the most badass of the most badass um i would probably have to say that i love streamer fishing you get some big fish but if i remember back to or think back to when i was a kid what drew me into fly fishing was that that subtle trout sip that just you know watching them just come up so slowly and deliberately underneath and sit that that caddis or mayfly um seeing the take it's got to be dry fly i'm 100 maybe i'm aging myself i'm dating myself a little bit
2: that's how we, i would say that's how we learned how to fly fish too oh yeah, it was like straight up on uh from his brother yeah i mean i just hate to name drop josh all the time but <laughs> That's how we literally, we literally learned on a, a Walmart rod, the combo kit, the th- like the thirty dollar Walmart rod, out at the local lake in Billings, and it was catching like four inch bass on uh, care Caddis. Just a classic way to start, right?
5: That that's a hundred percent. That is absolutely classic, and I think that's a lot of people's experience. Is just some, you know, some some four to six inch fish on a, a random dry fly that you have no idea what you're doing. It's just you throw it out there, you see it floating and a fish takes it. You can't get any more fun than that. Oh yeah.
1: We're going are we going clockwise here or random? I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw one out right now. All right. It, okay.
5: So now that you just
1: pulled that that uh dry fly conversation, if you could only put one dry fly in your box to go fishing with, what are you picking?
5: Boom dude um i would say <laughs> am i still on an island am i trying to feed myself
2: yeah you're stuck yeah, on this yeah, island yeah, for the st- for the <laughs> remainder of tonight
5: <laughs> uh you know if i'm on an island i would say i mean i don't want to get picky on this like how many sizes do i get do i get different colors um i would say let's go uh, let's go chubby chernobyl That's just, it's a dumb looking fly and it catches a lot of fish and you can get them a lot of sizes, colors and shapes. And, and so, yeah, Wow, we'll do that.
2: I like that. I like being, I like him being able to just rip, rip it. (laughs) I do. I I know. (laughs) I have that with a streamer. Uh, once I, once I, uh, learned how to use like, like the, the Sculpin or like the mat, the most amazing fly to have in your box. I can't, I can go to any river and catch a freaking fish on a Sculpin imitation. I swear to God. It's like my favorite thing to have.
5: That's fantastic, and it's an underrated uh, way to catch fish too. I don't think a lot of people know what sculpin is, but if you don't, you should definitely go look it up.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, all right, all right. I got a good one. Oh, Ramsey's me. got one. Yeah, all right. Hands down, favorite fish to catch
2: on a fly rod.
5: a <clears throat> oh, permit, hundred percent.
2: How many times have you fished for permit in your life?
5: Uh, how many times? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, like, are we counting days or trips or, or, you know, cause we'll go days and days without <laughs> Have you, catching a permit for sure. So
2: you've spent a lot of time catching permit then more than the average Joe.
5: Uh, I would say in the middle somewhere. Okay. I would like to do more, but I've done more than my fair share.
2: I like that. I like that. That's an experience that we can't, we can't relate on that. No.
1: So I'm going to ask you a question for this. I want to, I got to have a preliminary answer before I ask you this one and I'll let somebody go after I ask this preliminary question, but you've this seen is the, a group,
2: this is a group question. Not,
1: not totally, but I just want to get some background before I ask him this. What have you, you've seen the movie river runs through it, right? Um, Which one? A river runs through it. Have you seen that movie? I'm
5: just giving you shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't?
1: I yeah. mean, okay. So which brother do you resemble the most?
5: Norman or Paul? Oh, Norman. Really? Yeah. I would say Norman. Everybody wants to be Paul. I want to be Paul, but uh, (laughs) I think he's a little more uh, carefree than I am. Okay. Uh, I would say Norman. Yeah. That's it.
1: I, I would assume that most, be people, most people would say Paul because they oh, yeah. want to
5: be the
1: you know the cooler Hellraiser type guy.
3: Is this reference yeah, just going over your head right ready. now, Riley? I've never yeah. seen it. Riley, I've never <laughs> seen that movie. Oh my god! Your uncle's literally in that movie. Yeah. You know it's okay. Goodbye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I, I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh
1: that's crazy and you call yourself a fly fish hey like we're, we're moving we're moving along fish. we're moving
3: along it's like the <laughs> biggest fly right. fishing
2: movie ever
5: <laughs> he's young and it's all good yeah all
2: right matt what do you got the
5: question
0: i have for you is uh, hold on your mic's not your mic's not on my bed sorry that was what? go ahead so so the question i have is uh like i don't know how much hunting you've done but like for out cutting for us when we get up early early in the morning the only thing I can take fishing wise that would be the same is like the trico hatch. Did you do a whole lot of trico hatching on the bighorn, going after the tricos at three thirty in the morning? Um,
5: yeah. Uh, no, no. So, oh man, no. Um, so, guiding in Western Montana, the tricos are different, right? The way we the way we fish or pursue tricos is a little bit different than it is on the bighorn. So I, I've guided the bighorn um only a handful of times. I did grow up fishing the bighorn. But uh that, that 330 a.m stuff is it's not for me, at least when I'm working. <laughs> I mean, I would I, I don't mind getting up early to go fishing, that's for sure. But uh um, on the bighorn specifically, uh the, the trico um 330 a.m, you know, parking on your spot and waiting for any sort of light to make anything visible um is not my personal idea of a good time if you do it and you love it more power to you
2: that brings up a good point because i've always have you ever seen guys do the the midnight fishing for brown trout stuff like
5: that oh yeah absolutely that's something i've always been like you have done
2: that what is that like
5: uh it's super fun man i mean (laughs) if you look at trout, especially brown trout. Uh, it's like when they become 12, 14 inches or so, they become a lot more predatory versus just going after, to, uh, you know, bugs, insects. Um, I I've seen some small fish eat some big mice, you know, and those, those mice do hit the water and they do swim across the river or or the pond. Um, uh, we've done it with, uh, crane flies during crane fly season as well. And it's, it can be really, really, um, insanely enjoyable it can be like you can be casting at water not find anything or you can go out and go and some big fish those big fish don't get big by being stupid you know um they'll they'll the big big ones they they become almost nocturnal as hunters they'll just sit down in the bottom underneath a log for the day you know let all the, the bobber fishermen go over them and then they'll start hunting as the, the sun goes down and it's been dark for a while so um yeah if you have an experience that i would definitely recommend it I've always been
2: curious on like nighttime fly fishing because the only experience that I would say I have, and I don't know if you guys really do like night fishing. I mean, maybe back in the day, there was some cat fishing at night, but like ice fishing, mm-hmm. is, really the, ice fishing is really the only night fishing I've there, done. There was a particular
1: lake on the west western side of Montana that's not very well known and we kind of stumbled apro- across it and I mean, it's a very good cutthroat place. Um, there's some Browns in there as well and that more so we, I I would say we, we really fell into the idea of night fishing there because we were dumb high school kids that might've been staying out a little too late doing some extracurricular activities that, uh, may not be allowed at that time. But after the first (laughs) night that we figured out that you can catch big fish when the sun goes down, we barely ever fished it in the daytime.
2: Yeah, and a little little background on Sean. Sean's from Great Falls. So um a lot of his fishing experience is up northern, northwestern Montana. So um I would say like your fishing experiences are probably a lot different than ours, especially with spots like that. I've never even heard you talk about a spot like that yeah um well that's because i still have those
1: spots that's why they're- exactly and that that gives me <laughs> brings me to then my next question
2: um because i think this is get gets brought up on social media a lot and when you're talking about fishing places and stuff like that what's your real opinion on um like kind of the the, the unwritten rule about fishing spots like what do you how do you look at spots
5: Sp- well, okay, so spot burning is what they call it, right? They, you got to be careful. Uh, fly fishing is one of those things where I feel like the old hat way of of like my, my dad or my grandpa, um, you know, dying with their secrets is kind of, it's come and gone. Um, not only are people more willing to share and they want to help out a little bit more, they'll be more open about talking about the sport in general, but uh, social media puts things in your face like that, right? So I don't... In my inner circle, or to my friends, or to people who might be acquaintances, we can have a little looser conversations. As far as uh, spot burning is concerned on social media, I think everybody needs to be a little bit cautious. Now, that being said, you know, if I go fish the bighorn, I'm not going. I, I, I feel okay posting about that, right? Most people know the bighorn. It's not like it's a, a. It's not a secret. It's a destination. People are flying in from other countries to fish the bighorn. Horn. Um, Small streams that are off the radar. I I am definitely a little bit more careful about that, and it's not a selfish thing. Um, Really, it's not that I I I don't want people to have a good time. It's just that the reality is is the sport's growing very quickly, um, and you you just you don't want to ruin the whole ecology of the place. You don't. It's just too uh, a delicate ecosystem to. Just have a, such an you know an influx of people coming in because they saw a post on on TikTok or Instagram. So you got to weigh the situation and, and kind of censor yourself um, in the appropriate ways for sure.
1: I, I totally agree with that because you like we all have those friends that see what we're doing and they want to be. Um, they go, "Well, take me fishing, dude! You know, or take me hunting because mm-hmm. you know you just shot a huge elk last year and." those situations is where you keep the hole in the wall secret and you take them to your public spot, you know, like your main stretch of the Missouri, your main stretch of the Yellowstone, whatever. But when you look at your, your basically your small lakes, your small streams, like things like that, you're not going to take somebody that isn't a very close friend to those. You know what I mean? And it it does cause Mm -hmm. a lot of problems. I feel like with, with people that say that, you know they're your friends, but only use you for your spots,
2: which I'm sure all of us have had uh, experience with that before. But one, well, I think, really the way that Nick just brought that up was such a like how I look at things too. Whereas I don't like being the guy like where I feel like I, people feel like you're gatekeeping stuff, right? And I kind of feel bad sometimes, but like at the same time, the way I look at it is like I look at spots from an environmental standpoint too, and. When I've seen, you know, I've I've done, Ramsey and I have been very blessed to be been able to do fishing outside of the weekend thing where we can go a lot and different forms of it. Mainly, you know, fly fishing being the main venue for our fishing, but we do a lot of different types. And I've been places that I thought were very <coughs> niche, right? Not a lot of people know about. And there would be a certain... Uh, you know, people that had a little bit less looser morals that would eat every single fish that they caught out of there, and for me, and like I'm, I'm all for it. Like I eat walleye, I eat pike, um, some trout here now and then. But like I'll come across these guys will be out there day after day after day catching pounds and pounds of fish, and that's a worry that I have for like a very um weak ecosystem. Like like not weak, but like streams and rivers, especially small ones, can be very, you know. You know, a guy comes in there and catches 10, 15 fish out of there or doesn't handle the trout correctly because they're just there to, you know, rip lips, as they would say. Um, That's the impact that I see. I don't really, I'm not the person that's like, um, I'm trying to keep this from you. It's like I try to keep it low key because I could just see the wrong people getting involved and then really hurting the ecosystem. Oh, for sure. I can, I can promise you right now. That there
1: is a stretch of the Missouri River that I fished when I was young that is now one of the most hottest spots for uh, guided fly fishing, um, like drift boat trips.
2: But yeah, I don't know if you, if you understood kind of what, like if, if, if what I was saying, it was kind of along the lines of what you were saying. I don't know. Um, I just feel like there is a, a big environmental impact to 50 people knowing a small spot.
5: There is, there really is. And he, again, you know, with the way information travels, it's just so fast. So we just gotta be careful about, about how we're posting. Um, I can't imagine in the hunting thing, you know, I did grow up hunting, I don't hunt as much as I as I used to. Uh, my, my brothers definitely hunt a lot more than I do. Um, I don't know what I would do if somebody asked me to, to show on the ropes as far as hunting or, or hunting spots. I think that's a little more tricky. For me as a, a fisherman and a fishing guide, um, If, if somebody's asking me to show them how to fish or where to fish, I can pick from a handful of places that are, that are known anyway, that's not going to change really any of the impact on, on the area itself. You know, I mean, we've talked about a couple of the big ones already. I know the, the big horn, uh, very well. I know the Missouri, you know, in the, um, uh, the Madison, the places like that, showing somebody the ropes there is not going to change the, the, the face of, of of the fishing scene, you know, at all. So, um, I, I, I think it's a little easier for the fishermen and women to, to figure out a, a way to navigate that versus, versus the hunters for sure.
1: Okay. So to wrap up that segment, I got one last question to ask you as a, as a rapid fire here. So what
2: is the, we
5: didn't oldest? do this very rapid fire. <laughs> did we? <laughs> well, it's,
2: like I said, it's, it's, it's the idea of the rapid fire, not right? the actual yeah segments <laughs> segments, I'll,
1: I'll on, this on, <laughs> segments yeah. on this show segments on this show kind of take a uh maze to get uh to, to get the finish through. line yeah <laughs> um but anyway Great. so what's the uh, what's the oldest piece of equipment that you carry with you like i'm talking like you got waiters that you wore for 10 years you got a pair of uh i mean what do you, what do you got
5: Oh my gosh. I mean, there's a couple of pieces that have been hand-me-downs that are more sentimental than anything that I don't really use much anymore. Um, like I had my great grandfather's fly box. He he used to tie flies and I used a couple of them. And and when I started losing one or two, I was like, okay, I'm done. That's just, that's just going to be sentimental. Um, Personal equipment though, waders. Whew, no way, man. I mean, when you're doing over, you know, 120, 130 days a year on the water, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, uh That's a lot of stretching. That's a lot of farting in some waders. So, you know, um, <laughs> my waders only last a couple of years, I think. So, um, I'd say probably, I guess some older lamps and rails that, from when I first got into the game. That's, that's probably some of my oldest equipment. Um, yeah, but other than that, I, if, I'd be surprised if anything's more than, than five, six years old.
0: That's a good question, Sean. One um, more rapid fire. What's your favorite fish to eat that you catch?
5: Oh, man. Uh, you know, when you're saltwater fishing, you got a lot to choose from. Um, so that, that'd be a hard question there. But as far as what we're fishing around here, I'd say walleye. My walleye man. Pretty hard My man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plus um, they eat a whole bunch of tra- They're voracious <laughs> eaters. So if I catch one, I'm like, yeah, you're you're not going back in the water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's uh it's funny to really hear about a lot of the similarities that we have. I think it's it's really cool. I think outdoorsmen as a whole share that. Um do you ha does anyone have any other questions? I think that's gonna wrap up that segment. Um we have already gone for about hour and and 10 so um if you have more let's keep ripping it if not um we're ready to wrap up here uh you just let us know nick what you got
5: um i got a little bit more time if you guys got more questions um i think yeah i can hang out for a little bit longer okay i guess the only thing
2: there was one more thing i was gonna ask and i can't remember what it was hmm Classic classic stroke, classic Riley. Classic stroke, Riley. <laughs> um, guys, you got to save me here. I've lost my train of thought. I'm blanking.
5: I got a question for you guys. When are you guys go on saltwater fishing with me? <laughs> I mean, if the Soon invite's there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: so actually, yeah. funny enough, Matt and I and Ramsey are going saltwater fishing a normal way, obviously, the way that most people know, not fly fishing. Um, we're trying out a new boat for matt matt's kind of our resident californian <laughs> um and we were we were we're really wanting to find the right boats to where we can do this trip every year and start fly fishing it but yeah i mean if the invite's open nick i mean we're always we're always ready to fly
5: hey shoot me uh an email or, or shoot me a text on what you're yeah, going on i'll I'd love to jump on a boat with you guys sometime. Well,
2: I have a dream of catching a tarpon on a fly someday. I don't know if that's ever going to come to fruition, but that's my dream.
3: Where does where tarpon fishing rank on, on saltwater?
5: Oh, it's it's up there. The Okay, so there's so many cool saltwater species to talk about. I mean, when you can <clears> talk about roosters or, or, or tarpon or GTs or, or permit or bonefish. I mean, everybody's got their favorite. The reason I like permit so much is that um as far as fly fishing is concerned those fish just do not like to eat flies it's it's just a it's a patience game it's a hunting game it's it's it'll try you it'll it'll make you cry it'll make you shout for joy you know you finally land one and, and uh, you might do a, a cannonball backflip off the bow of the boat um it's it's the most celebratory thing that i've ever done i would put tarpon personally and i might get some flack for this but like just right underneath permit and the reason is that the tarpon eat and the tarpon fight is so unbelievable. It's, it, it's like nothing you'll ever experience. It's phenomenal. So, um, I highly recommend it, obviously get that on your list. It's, it's an absolute blast. Um, but just the, uh, the patience of the permit game is, is something that just bumps it up above the tarpon personally for me. Don't hate me. Everybody out there who loves tarpon fishing, don't send me hate me email. (laughs) So we've
2: kind of talked a little bit about like your favorite fish of all time to catch. Do you have a saltwater species or other species that's like on your target list that you like dream about doing someday?
5: Yeah, I still, I've caught some, some, um, Travalli and some, some jacks and, and, uh, other, you know, I would say I still haven't got a GT though. So that one's definitely on the list. um, and, uh, roosters, uh, actually Josh and I are heading out to, to catch some roosters here late summer. So talk to him about that one if you guys are down, but, um, still haven't caught a rooster and I still haven't caught a GT. So those are definitely high up on the list.
2: Yeah. So I think for me, let's just talk about that real quick. I'll let you guys on the table talk to him. Maybe Nick can say if what he thinks about it. I have like three species that I personally like would want to someday obviously the tarpon I just said but barracuda is up there for me oh yeah um Cudas are cool yep. as well as and I'm sure you've done plenty of this but I want to do topwater pike but I want to do it like in like Canada where where there's a lot more <laughs> on lakes like I want to get on a boat and do it and do it on like an open lake that's always been a dream of mine
5: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's great, great pipe fishing up north, of Canada, and even Alaska. In, interior Alaska has some really great pipe fishing as well. Um, yeah, uh, I, you know, the barracuda thing is is really fun too. They, we catch barracuda just going out, to, uh, permit and tarpon fishing. You'll just see uh, a cudas uh, cruising the flats looking for a meal, and you know, throw on your your heavy leader or your wire tippet and, and uh, Strip a needlefish real fast and watch that thing just annihilate it. It's pretty crazy. So, uh, kudas are pretty cool fish. They're, I just, imagine. they're unbelievable. They're I, so fast. It's it's ridiculous.
1: And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like I do remember seeing a buddy of mine from high school was out, um, fly fishing for spearfish. For His, which ones? For spearfish.
2: Yeah. What are those? Someone explain uh, yeah, to me what that is. You've never seen a spearfish? No. What? Explain that one to me you've
1: never seen a river runs through it and you don't know what a spearfish is what's going on here right? <laughs> spearfish like let me pull, yeah. let me pull this up
2: for I've you. seen guys catch uh, sailfish sailfish on a fly rod yeah. that would be sick
5: marlin Sails on a fly rod yeah, yeah. yep so yeah the, all those billfish species are, are really mm-hmm. kind of the the new thing and I know some people have been fly fishing for billfish for a while now and, and probably are like this is old hat but as far as what you're seeing on social media and uh, uh in, in the magazines and stuff lately it's a, it's a lot of bill fishing uh, or bill fish on the on the fly which is i'm sure is a pretty insane endeavor too
1: yeah I've, like i said i just i i saw that a while ago and i just wasn't totally sure if he if it was um off a of fly fishing rig um and i didn't want to say it and sound dumb but uh that alone just looks incredible to be able to do that off a boat. Um,
2: whoa. Did we lose him? I think we did. That's okay. We, uh, we'll we try to get Nick back in here. Um, for now, we're going to get F&H in here to do a little bit of an ad read, and uh, we'll be right back.
3: I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors. FNH Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at FNH Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action.
1: I have seen a lot of like... Uh... Video on fly fishing for redfish, and that also mm-hmm. just looks insanely like it it kind of almost mimics uh rainbow trout fish or fly fishing in I guess in my opinion, but obviously there's multiple things that are different factors in that, and I mean that is another thing that piques my interest for sure is doing something along that lines um
5: yeah, reds are super cool, reds are very cool
1: is there so my understanding of, is there an unwritten rule of keeping <clears throat> guides? Or is that just like kind of like a fisherman's guide? Because I've kind of ran into that sometimes in some of the videos I've seen. Or is that just maybe opinionated per fisherman?
5: I, well, I mean, most things are opinionated, so I'll put it there. I mean, most of the the fly guys and the fly guides are, are uh, going to release um, what they're catching. And, and a lot of times you're running into... Uh, species that are, are protected or are protected in a certain area or are protected altogether anyway so um yeah a lot of there's not much that we're catching in the salt that that we uh, keep at least on the fly
2: i thought ramsey had something he, was, I, I did he have... was he was complaining that sean was was keep asking questions but he wouldn't no them. i wasn't
3: complaining i just i'm, <laughs> I'm having a rough go those last five minutes here trying to Keep the stuff together, but <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Um, gosh, and I had a great question too, and Ramsey just had to pop.
1: Okay, in. but let me ask you this, Riley. I'm going to ask another question. Have you ever seen how they fish for reds?
2: Well, I'm going to be honest. I actually was like zero interest in any sort of like outsourced fishing for a long time. So it would be like, and maybe it was just because I didn't know about it. So that would have been like saltwater fishing. That would have been, um like bass fishing, like all this crazy stuff until I started going to those film festivals and really seeing how guys are doing it all over the world and then they add in like the dubstep Techno music and it gets you like like you're at a football game ready right? to just get jacked up and then it like kind of hooks so a So you little
1: need bit. the extra entourage part of the a part of the opera, or the
3: activity for it to kind of We just
0: need one of the boom boxes
2: over
3: <laughs> our shoulders. <maybe>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I,
5: it turns out that I do have one of those boom boxes. I,
0: <laughs> so do we. Do so you know what I'm talking about, Nick?
5: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you just have to walk everywhere in slow motion too, so it yeah. looks really awesome. Like Baywatch. So you feel like
2: you're in that movie? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, I would say until I saw those kind of videos, I was really never um, – I guess I just never understood it. But then you see it and you're like, wow, that would be pretty badass.
1: Well, it's tough because it's like when like being from Montana, it's like your style of freshwater fishing is cool. It's fun. It's what you do. You know what I mean? It's a part of your life. But other styles, I mean, I would say saltwater, doesn't necessarily pique your interest because it's like a new thing. And a new thing to a lot of people is kind of like – do I really want to go try something new and be bad at it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And so you always have that kind of in the back of your head, but like seeing how the style of fishing is like watching these like, you know, higher media companies that revolve around saltwater fishing, like seeing how they do shit is crazy. I mean, it just seems like I want to do that right now. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
2: Well, and I think, and have you ever done the, uh, I'm assuming you have, I didn't know if you went on the trip with your brothers a couple of years ago, but those Alaska trips for all the different kinds of salmon and trout and stuff, that looks fun on its own too, Nick.
5: Well, that's like, uh, I mean, talk about like Montana on steroids, right? I mean, you just, it's beautiful mountainous country. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. And, and the rivers are just insanely full of fish. I mean, you you, you go up to Alaska to catch until your arms fall off basically uh that's that's the aim there which is completely the opposite of what you're doing when you're going out to saltwater fish right uh total different ends of the spectrum but um yeah it's there's there's really nowhere like alaska uh at least you know in in the americas um i mean you could talk about like uh some some places in in mongolia or um you know uh east russia that are fairly well untouched still but it's it's hard to compare with alaska and just the number of species and, and the size of the fish that come up those rivers is is it's daunting it's unbelievable
1: i would I say imagine. i would say too like a big representation for me at least on my opinion of fishing in alaska is like steelhead i mean that type of fishing just piques my interest a lot and i mean obviously there's tons of different styles that you can do there and species you can catch but I mean, you always gotta have that one species that's kind of at the at the top of your interest, you know. Oh
5: yeah. Oh, I agree. I think for me, steelhead, as far as freshwater fish, is is like the holy grail. Um, it's pretty incredible to look at a fish that is basically resembles a rainbow trout, but it's like thirty six to thirty eight forty inches long. Um, it's swam to the ocean and then it's come back, and it can do that multiple times. A lot of uh, salmon species will will die after they procreate, right? but, uh, steelhead can actually, uh, do the journey a a few times. Um, they're just an unbelievable creature. And, you know, we could talk about unlocking whole new levels of fly fishing in, in newer practices to us, but old practices like, uh, the two hand casting, you know, we're swinging, swinging flies for, for steelhead and, and salmon and another anadromous fish, um, sea run brown trout, you know, with your big, Thirteen foot rod and and your spay casting, or you know, you, you talk about Scandy or Skagit, different styles, but basically just firing all the way across the river and letting the current pull your line down and across below you, and just covering water and covering water and covering water until you feel that that tug. It's a pretty unbelievable feeling, and in my opinion, um, is is one of my favorite ways uh, to fish the. The waters around here at least um at least freshwater fishing that that whole swinging for steelhead is something that's that's definitely definitely captured uh, a part of my soul it's definitely ingrained deeply and uh has spiritual almost uh connotation and, and and feeling every time i go out so um i don't know if you've had any desire to learn the two-handed methods but uh i highly suggest it so take that for what it's worth
2: yeah i think uh it's definitely I'm trying I'm trying for this the current time to stay out of it because I feel like I've invested so much already. But like it my <laughs> you finger has just been don't want to buy it for equipment. My <laughs> finger has had a spay rod drug to the cart about five hundred times in the last year. Yeah, yeah. But uh I've I'm just gonna borrow Josh's for now when we go out. Yeah. You
5: but, know, he's he's a good one to borrow from. That kid, I don't know what it is, but no matter how hard it is on whatever trip that we go on, he seems to be able to at least find and hook one or land one, you know, even if, if we're coming up zeros. So he's a good one to uh to jump in the car with and have show you the ropes.
2: Oh yeah. Josh definitely sold his soul to the devil for
5: fishing. That's you gotta 100%. you always <laughs> I think so. I really do. You always got I don't, have I don't know where person. he gets his, his luck, but yeah.
1: You always gotta have that person that you take fishing that it's like i've never caught a fish on this body of water before but i guarantee you if i take this guy here he will you know
3: it's funny that you brought (laughs) up steelhead fishing and we're talking about getting hooked on stuff like we've gone steelhead fishing two years in a row i have literally not even had one bite my line and i'm so hooked that i will every time
5: i get invited i'm like yep i'm going i know because it's not just about the catching; it's about the whole thing, you know. It's, oh, and it's, it's such a it's beautiful amazing. area too. Yeah. I mean, you take, yeah, you take you take that
1: mentality though into a lot of things. Like if you think about it, oh,
5: yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and they, I think that uh, what is the original fish for this? I think musky is the original fish. That's the the fish of a thousand casts. Yes, but I think steelhead's up there, in my opinion.
5: <laughs> oh, definitely. I definitely, think, I
2: think the saying
1: behind sti- or behind uh, tigers was built around, it's a fish of a thousand calves in any body of water it's located in. You right. I mean? Yeah. There's certain rivers and, you know, different bodies of water that you could go
2: and catch steelhead, you know. Right, like off. the Great Lakes or something like that. Yeah. But the, I think the size of, I think it depends on like where you're at in America because I think you're going after the size of the steelhead, which is like, which makes it similar to that muskie in my, in my eyes. Right,
5: right. Yeah, you got it. Well, Ramsey, I know if, if you're cool with going uh, steelhead fishing and not catching anything for as long as you have, you'll probably be okay with saltwater game too. So I'd say go ahead and jump on in both feet because <laughs> the, there's some similar feelings there where he, it's not about the catching, it's about the process. There's just a lot less casting in the saltwater game than there is with the, the steelhead game, but the, the principles are still there. You know, It's about the process. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a very easily self-contained person. If I'm not c- catching
3: fish, I'm not going to be super upset about it. I mean, good, good. they're there for the experience more than anything.
1: Nick, as long as you can, sure, t- yeah. if, as long as you can teach the, uh, the bass, get the bass set out of this guy. I think he'll be okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh yeah i deal with that with a lot of clients i got a lot of clients from the south so uh <laughs> i can i can work the bass set out of the other team need it to. i just keep so- my 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 long landing net in hand so if you're bass and i'll just whack you on the back yeah
2: oh that'll work that is a good strategy that's yeah that's why i've always i've always referred to myself as i i think i've been fly i think ramsey and i've been fly fishing now for like an equiv- equivocal amount of years because probably 8 or 9 years, 10 years maybe. Oh, it's been more I still than refer to myself as an amateur because um you know, if you if you act like you're not good at it, then people won't judge you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when you when well, you I, you could ask your brother uh I, his frustrations with me have been year many many years of frustration. I think this is the first year that he's finally starting to realize, wow, he's not a toddler anymore.
5: Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, I'll have to dig for some stories on that. All I know is I've seen some photos of you with some nice brown trout in your hands. So, um,
3: uh, you know, every dog gets tr- a bone. It's just because yeah. it takes
5: Josh with them.
2: <laughs> Actually, Josh catches right. them, and I just hold them. <laughs> just kidding.
5: so <laughs> <laughs> you turn the fish around and turn the camera, and oh look, yeah, the second fish.
2: yeah. No, it took me. It took me a long time. Like really, it took me five or six years to really like nail like fly fishing is not easy in my eyes but i I don't know i now i i joke about it now like now it's it's kind of a a a skill that i would be confident in but um for a long time it was it was the struggle bus well you know it's funny because like my
1: intro to the outdoors was like i was a fisherman i didn't start hunting until i was 20 years old you know so like everything before that was fishing and obviously fly fishing is um became a big part of it and I really didn't get into fly fishing a ton until I went to Washington State and I was catching largemouth bass on a fly rod. And that was like... That's a lot of fun. That really was like, holy shit, this is great. Like, I need to get better at this and I need to uh, pursue this outdoor opportunity.
2: Um, I would say there's two... I think we've talked about this a million times. There's two things in this life that, that I could pinpoint to... The most and I guess this is this is obviously just opinionated, but the most spiritual things you can do in the outdoors um that you really are you have to use your own like you have to have skills to do it right and you have to have the ability to be one with nature and I know this is super like set like sappy talk, but that would be fly fishing and bow hunting hand in hand the two things that are on the league of their own that you can't compare to anything else
1: for sure and you know what's funny is the comparison between the two is Failure drives passion. Yeah.
5: A hundred percent.
3: I would agree with that. Totally. Trial and error. Yeah, what I would agree. I about? think
5: I think both of those practices just uh require a certain level of intentionality. Um and, and they're just not easy. So you gotta get the reps, you gotta get the practice and and uh you know um develop the muscle memory. Um and in above and beyond that, it's just it's it's a <clears throat> a measured it's 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 a it's a practice it's it's like to me fly fishing and fly casting is is basically it's a meditation it's a it's a specific measured movement um, for desired outcome it's a it's a, a a focus and an intentionality and i see bow hunting as the same way and so i think those correlations are 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 very very valid and um, that's what kind of puts them into a certain category where you just are able to feel a little bit more um, in tune, in touch, dialed in, connected to what's going on around you. And that really, that, that just to me, elevates the, the level of, of that feeling alive, that true self, that, that kind of that notion where, you know, you just kind of you're, you're living your purpose and you can feel um, the, the power of, in everything that that's just there it's palpable you're in it and it's it's a beautiful thing but uh, uh i draw those two correlations quite a bit between the the fly fishing and the bow hunting so i think you guys are right on
2: yeah i think it could again couldn't be per- more perfectly said than that um and i think that's a great way to to wrap this up i think that get out there try a little bit of fly fishing if you haven't done it if you're looking for um some reasons to get out go ahead and check nick's Instagram, downstream clothing. Uh, they've got all kinds of videos and demonstrate. I mean, I don't know, demonstrations, but really shows his way of life. Um, you do have some ambassadors, right? That you post on your on your page.
5: Yeah, yeah, we do. We take uh, we have some ambassadors, and um, we always look for other affiliates who can kind of help spread the word and, and want to be kind of a part of the team and who are a little bit uh, uh, social media savvy and, and want to help just kind of perpetuate the thing for sure. So yeah, go check us out. It's it's uh, Instagram is at downstream where that's D N S T R M. We always abbreviate things. That's my thing. I don't know why we're them. Like I just like, I'm like vowels are too much. Like it's too long. Let's just <laughs> downstream D N S T R M. Cool. Let's go. So it's at D N S T R M where at downstream where is our, our Instagram handle. Go check us out there for sure. Um, the website is, is dot com all spelled out, um, get some good resources over there as well. So, um, yeah. Um, I guess, is it okay if I throw out an offer for you guys? I mean, there's, there's, uh, I might as well give like a coupon code or something to your listeners. I'd be more than happy to do that. If you guys are cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely,
2: man. We're here for, uh, whatever you got, throw it out.
5: Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess if you guys listen to this podcast and and you want to jump over to the website, that's downstreamware.com. Let me thank you. Let me write this down so I don't forget to do it. Um, Let's use a coupon code Bull Mountain Brothers. That's B U L L M T N B R O S. Bull Mountain Bros. You want me to say that again? B U L L M T N B R O S. Use that code at checkout and uh, we'll give you a little discount um, uh, for sure for just being a listener. Um, if you do me a favor and, and tag me in, in your story or in a post or something at Downstreamware, that's D N S T R M W E A R on uh, Instagram. I'd sure appreciate it, too. Um, if you go over to the website, that Downstreamware.com, there's going to be a sign-up box for your email. Of course, we do a, a great newsletter. That's where you get your information. Um, we are definitely uh, setting up some some destination trips um, that's where you get, we're going to have Sean, we're, we're going to have or,
2: Sean pull up your Instagram while you're talking about it. Keep going.
5: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you just go to the website there and, and sign up for the, uh, on the pop-up that comes right on the homepage, um, then you're going to be in the know on, on all the new drops on, on clothing, on all the new, um, you know, tactics we're using the newsletter, the blog, you know, all that new information goes out to subscribers first, including discounts. Subscribers always get discounts and dibs on, on the new gear first. And so if you go over there and subscribe, um, there's, there is, um, something coming up for the the spring 23 release that's right around the corner too. So go ahead and sign up on that website. We'd really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. And we're just checking out your stuff now. It looks like you got some, uh, 2023 hats that are on top of the page here. Some beanies, um, some face shields, stickers, and then, uh, lots of clothing. So it's a lot of cool stuff. Um. I've got a couple of your shirts. They're really comfortable. Uh, they're stuff that you would like to wear when you go out in the woods. I really, I really like them myself. Um, right on. It looks like you've got some shorts on here, and uh, something that we're trying to get into too is um, we like the idea of a Bull Mountain Brothers hoodie, yeah, long sleeve hoodie. So we like. It's cool to see yours on there. It's really cool. Looking.
5: Yeah. Well, I got a couple examples here with me too. So if you use that that uh, coupon code I gave you, that Bold Mountain Bros, B-U-L-L-M-T-N-B-R-O-S, I'm going to give a little bit uh, better discount here. So this is the, the current men's fishing sun hoodie here. That's a bamboo fabric. So we'll put that one on there for you. Uh, here's the current women's too. So we'll get that one on there for you. What else can I put on there for you? I've got, oh, this is the... the uh, The grandpa hat here, the Ponderosa patch grandpa hat. We'll get a little extra discount on that one as well. Uh, What else do I have out here? Oh, I've got some more of the permit hats. We've been talking permit this whole time. I forgot about that. Got a few more of those left in stock. That's a limited run from one of our our, uh, fellow artists, Corey Street, who's actually a tattoo artist in Dillon, Montana right now. So. I'll oh, check cool. him out too. If, you're, if you you want to go catch some trout and get some ink, go check him out, <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> very cool.
2: Yeah, and you can even check it. We even got yeah. we have an in-studio. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I, can, a, I can model this right now. Have, so. Sean's got an in inst- Look at that. Look at that nice hat that Sean's oh, got right
5: there. Slick. Hey, that looks good, bud. Way well, to Sean, go.
2: Sean's an olive green guy, so we have to get him everything that's oh, olive green. I love green. it. I it's love all he it. wears all the time.
5: I I dig, man. I dig my water bottles the same way. I got my phone. Oh God. Hide that. Hide (laughs) that. (laughs) (laughs) Hide that.
2: Sean will be in Boise tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, that's awesome stuff, dude. We appreciate you coming on and showing us kind of your lifestyle and how you became who you are. And, uh, like we've showed you guys, go check him out. It's awesome. Instagram, his website. Um, it'll be on our Instagram as well. I'll put him in the story and yeah, we'll, we'll do some stuff and, and we'll, uh, We'll be able to give you guys some links that you can go straight to his stuff and check out his gear. Um, anything else for us, Nick?
5: No, I, I just appreciate. It. I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your busy schedules to talk to a goofball like me. Um, it's been really great getting to know you. It's just funny because you're you're such good friends with my my little brother. But I guess for context for everybody else, uh, Josh is quite a bit younger than <laughs> than uh, his his older brothers. So. Um, um, it's just, I'm happy to, to be here. I'm happy you guys asked me to do this. It's been real fun and, and I really appreciate you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Nick.
2: Thank you. Um, yeah. And like one more thing I would say that, uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's been, a. it's, we like to develop relationships with people that are like-minded. So, um, thanks for coming on for everyone else. Uh, we're going to finish up here. Don't forget we have raffle tickets available for the Turkey Hunt. Um, that's coming out this spring. You can get a hold of us at BullMTNBrothers at gmail.com. We'll come bring tickets to you. We're running that. Sean and I and Matt and Ramsey, the four of us, are about to kind of tell you about a cool fundraiser gig that we're doing in a couple weeks. Once that's nailed down, we'll have advertising for that. Um, Anything else, boys?
3: No, sir. Covers it for me. All right.
2: Thanks for joining, and we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull
3: Mountain Brothers.
1: Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at
0: Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our b store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.